Welcome to the Smarty Podcast Series from Charlotte Smarty Pants, where we focus on all things parenting. We talk about everything from education, health, travel, beauty, fashion, and more. Join in on the discussion at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast Series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best parties in the QC the pop star music video parties, and professional voice lessons in a studio. Also amazing content creation. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com. Hi, everyone. This is Jen Flem with Charlotte Smarty Pants. Thanks for listening. Joining us today is Dr. Lee Wiley with Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, also known as Senta. Dr. Wiley specializes in cataract, cornea, and cornea transplants, external disease, and refractive eye surgery, including LASIK. Thanks for being here. So today we're talking about refractive surgery options like LASIK and some common myths to debunk. Let's start with a general overview of refractive surgery and why would patients choose vision correction surgery over glasses and contact lenses? So when patients want to get out of their contacts and glasses and become more independent from them, they turn to LASIK surgery. But there's such a wide variety of options for different patients. LASIK is the most common version of refractive surgery, um, but there is option known as PRK, smile, implantable lenses, and even lens exchanges. So there's a wide variety, and it's tailored by your surgeon for what the best option is for you and your needs and your situation. So it's become quite, quite customized. Right. So how do you know, I, I feel like LASIK is marketed as a brand. Is that the brand? LASIK no, is, that's actually it's the, not the, brand. the okay. medical it's term the for the procedure. Term. Yeah. Surprising. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I feel like maybe, how do we figure out what's the, our best option? I guess we lean on yeah. you, right? You, you go in for a LASIK evaluation. Yeah. Um, and generally that is what we do. We do a LASIK procedure. And what we're doing there is we're re-sculpting the cornea or the the window of your eye to help you see better. And by re-sculpting the cornea, um, we can apply your glasses prescription to the cornea. Um, but a LASIK is a two-step procedure where first we make a flap in the cornea, we lift the flap, and then we re-sculpt underneath the flap and we put the flap back down. Um, the reason why we do that flap is because you heal up very rapidly. You're seeing better that day or even right, like not the it's following day. How, isn't it like a 12-minute procedure? It is, yeah, and it is a wow moment. I've had patients yeah. sit up on the table and just start crying. They're so happy that they can see. It's very rewarding for everybody. Yeah. Um, but sometimes people's corneas are too thin, and we don't want to make that flap. And, you know, the first question I ask myself, well, there's two questions. When someone comes in for an evaluation, one, is it safe? And two, will it work? Right. So and how long? You have to check both of those boxes, and so um, you've already we've already decided that it's safe. But one of the safety profile things that we have to look at is how thick your cornea is. If it's too thin, we can do a procedure called PRK, which is the same as LASIK, just no flap. We just treat the surface of the cornea, resculpt the surface of the cornea. That just takes a few more weeks to heal from. Okay. So, um, but it is the same treatment, same long term outcome, and for the right patient, it's the safest option. Right. So um, are the side effects different at all for both or just a longer recovery for PRK? Just a longer recovery for PRK. Um, it's just a little uncomfortable in the post-op period. But every now and then I'll treat someone who's like a prize fighter or like a wrestler or has needs where they may be worried about traumatizing the flaps. Oh, and yeah. Although the LASIK flaps heal in really strong these days, we do have to take the whole patient into account. Okay. Um, let's talk about 
um, smile, like LASIK versus smile. Smile sounds like it's a new a new offering. Um, so maybe mm-hmm. let's dive deep into that. So smile is something that's newer. Um, it, it is being done in certain cities in the U.S. And essentially what it is, is instead of doing the flap, like a, a traditional LASIK surgery, we create a little pocket in the cornea. With a, The pocket is made very precisely with a laser. And then we just remove the tissue through a small four millimeter incision from that pocket. And that in itself, by removing the tissue from inside the cornea, we're reshaping it that way instead of doing the laser procedure on the top. So it's less invasive? It's a little less invasive. It's not quite as customizable right now yeah. um, as a LASIK or PRK is, but in the right patient, it's a good option. I mean, I did LASIK a long time ago, and I can vouch for it is life-changing. Like, it, it's... I was almost legally blind. Um, I was a dive, scuba diver. I was scared mm-hmm. of like, what happens when I'm 100 feet down and um, my contacts came off or my mask yes. comes off. You know, the, <laughs> all the emergency planning that you do. And I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to navigate. So it was, it really was life changing for me. And same here. I actually, I believe in this te- technology so much. I had LASIK too. Um, my trigger was that I was wearing contacts as a medical resident, and I was over-wearing them. And, right. And I was putting myself at risk for infection the way I was wearing them. And also, my patients were coming in all happy, and I'm sitting here with dry eyes and my contacts. Right. <laughs> and I, just, like, I, I eventually need... just got jealous and ended up going for it. And uh, it really was the best decision I ever made because people don't realize it, but wearing contacts – um, you are at risk for infections. Right. Um, and so if you're sleeping in them, if you're not taking them out, if you're not doing proper hygiene, I mean, you, you, have, a, you have a very high risk of infection. With a refractive surgery, it's like a less than 1% chance. Yeah. It's incredibly rare. So I just took that chance once, and I never looked back, and it's changed my life. Same. I, it's, I can say it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Um, and now I'm at the point where I, have, I need readers a little bit. And, um, and my vision, so my vision went from almost legally blind, then I had my surgery, and then I was 2015, which is like an, I say, I was like an eagle. And then recently, I was like, I can't even see anymore, and I'm, I'm 2020, which is so <laughs> yes. funny. I'm like, I got to remember what I used to be like. Um, so and it's gonna, been a really long time, right? Like, it's yeah, been... it's, yeah. I'm not gonna reveal the number. <laughs> I, won't, I won't ask. <laughs> Just when my oldest um, it, was a baby, I got it done. It is a stable procedure. People think it, it changes, but it honestly, it's gotten so good that there, there is really isn't. Uh, consider it permanent. Yeah. People are so afraid of change, um, it changing, but it really does not. Yeah, and and I think, and I, I'm you know, I'm not the medical expert, but I think when I went to have my eyes checked to find out that, oh, no, I'm 2020. Um, he said that my because I had LASIK, my my readers won't change that much. Like, I barely need readers. Is that true? Did yeah. I misinterpret that? I'm not sure. So basically, um, laser vision correction is really g- geared for a distance vision, okay? Now, the cornea works with the lens inside our eye as a two-part team. Yeah. So we are res- reshaping the cornea to give you clear vision um, for distance. But as we get into our 40s, the lens hardens and stiffens. Yeah. So our body changed around us. And so um, as that happens, the lens inside the eye loses flexibility, and we do require reading glasses. So maybe it was the vision part because I, yeah. I got progressives. Maybe I was, like, worried about that. So He said that for sure is not going to get way worse. With or without LASIK, the lens changes. This is yeah. not a lens procedure. So, But that happens in our 40s, and honestly um, – 
even then you still retain the good distance vision. Yeah. It's just the near vision that you start to need reading yeah. glasses as we have more birthdays. That's just right. the way it is in life. I mean, it's not the worst thing. It's, <laughs> I've been lens free for many, many, many years. Um, is there ever a situation where any of these are not an option for someone? Yes. So, you know, when once again, that first question, is it safe? That's the number yeah. one thing. Our success rates are so high because we screen people so more effectively now. We have such good technology. I equivalent, It's kind of equivalent like flying in an airplane, right? You're putting yourself in a tube, taking off 30,000 feet above the ground, sub-zero, you know, degrees. Um, it's not really – and you know, we're sitting there reading a book or falling asleep because it's like we know it's safe. Yeah. Uh, LASIK has become the same way. It's like, yes, we're doing surgery, but the success rate is so high we want it to be equivalent to that of what the airline industry is, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we always – we and the way we keep it safe is we only do candidates that are that qualify. Right. So if your cornea is too thin to do a laser ablation or to reshape, then we can do a lens-based procedures, going back to what I was saying about the lens inside the eye working with the cornea. Um, so, for example, if you're like a minus 10 or a really strong prescription. I can't believe people are minus 10. That's we horrible. probably won't re- recommend laser. Yeah. Um, but we can do what we call an implantable columnar lens, or some people call it the implantable contact lens. So we can slide a lens just into the eye between your lens and your cornea, and um, that can provide you all the correction you need, including astigmatism. So that can be a very safe option. Are there long, Are there different long-term, like, retinal detachment or things like dry eye down the road that vary for each of these procedures or are you just kind of generally maybe at risk for some of those? That's a great question. So anyone who's like incredibly nearsighted, like minus 10 or like minus 9, you know, um, you're going to be at a higher risk of retinal detachment just walking down the street just because, in the general okay. population, okay? So that's because your eye's longer. Your retina inside the eye's on stretch and so that's just a, a risk inherent. However, um, some of those people still have needs, like they need to see, or they have, right. like, they want to be pilots, or they want to, you know, um, enjoy a, a better quality of life. In which case, the rate is still incredibly low. Right. Um, that the refractive surgery is really geared for those folks, but um, mm-hmm. the rate is incredibly low of any of those issues happening. Um, and of course, your surgeon monitors you um, to, to make sure that things uh, things go well. And if there is a problem that arises, it's fixed rapidly. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, but I I think. We can now talk about like maybe some of the popular myths that people think about laser. Oh, there's when they're so many out there. To yes. come in, um, how do you want to start there? Let's start with it's not safe. We probably already touched <laughs> on that, but it is. It's incredibly it's incredibly safe. So safe that I um, had it done myself. So I think the biggest uh, the biggest thing about safety that changed for me that made me want to get it is when we when we do that flap. When we create that a laser flat, we, we, we now use a laser. It used to be done with a blade, and that, that did increase um, the risks of issues. But now that it's made with a, with, with a laser, it is so precise and it heals in so strong right. that it's, it is just, um, it's just incredibly safe in that respect. It's very rare to have issues with that flap these days. Um, and so that is very safe. You know, the, the success rate and the, the risk, I should say the risk of complications from LASIK and the right is probably far, in my hands far, far less than 1% from what I've seen. Right. So it's, and it's, it's been around rare. a long time now. So it's not like it's brand new. And it's still studied and researched yeah. and constantly. So it's it's gotten so sophisticated now that if you're under the laser, 
it tracks your pupil. And if you look away in the middle of the treatment, it'll just stop. That's it'll so cool. pick up right where it left off when you look back. It is, it is just amazing the technology that these engineers have put into these devices. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already talked about a couple of the other ones. All LASIK, how about all LASIK is the same? So going back to what I was saying about the blade LASIK versus, la- versus laser-made flaps with LASIK. Um, do you, we still do blade LASIK? It's, it's out there, and that okay. is that is a way that some some centers will cut costs. So oh, wow. it is cheaper to use a blade to do a, a LASIK flap. So if and when you go get your procedure, ask, are you using a blade or a laser to make the flap? Right. There's a little more expense to doing the laser flap, but I 100% am a proponent of it just because of how precise it is. Um, and also, once again, going back to like a, a LASIK versus PRK versus SMILE, I mean, your surgeon is customizing the treatment for you, um, choosing the right procedure, and then your surgeon's deciding, do we need to treat astigmatism or not? Um, do we need to treat irregular astigmatism, or is there some sort of you know, scar on the cornea or something else going on that we need to look into? So. These treatments are all customized for each patient. Yeah. What do you think is the best age to do this? That is a great question. Uh, you're going to find, you're going to find uh, a lot. If you ask five doctors, you get five different answers for that. Yeah. In my opinion, though, um, usually people are stable after age 25. And once again, between age 25 going up into the 40s where you start to need reading glasses is probably the best time because you're going to get 100% glasses independence. Right, which is so nice. However, I find that a lot of patients, once they start to need reading glasses, is when they start to want LASIK because they're like, okay, now I can't see distance or near. Yeah. And they're like, can you do both? I want one back. Can you do both with the surgery? We can. So, what some people do is they opt for monovision, we call it, where we make one eye see distance and we leave one eye just a little nearsighted. And that can give you glasses independence again because. Your two eyes, your brain gets your two eyes working together, but you're able to see distance and near. That's not an option for everybody. What if it doesn't work? Like, is there ever a spot where you're like, this is too wonky for me or no? I will trial contact lenses in the office first to give you a Uh, simulation of what that feels like so that you're not surprised. I don't want to put that on you permanently um, without you trying it first. Yeah. Um, but it is something that patients tolerate really well. Um, and if not, we can at least correct the vision for distance still after age 40. But the reading glasses are necessary if we go that route. Okay. What if you've had LASIK, me, mm-hmm. and then now you're starting to need reading glasses? Do you do a secondary surgery? You can consider the monovision approach. So we could so correct could one eye for you if we tried it in the office and you liked it. Yeah. Um, or, you know, the reading glasses are an option. We can you know, exchange the lens in your eye for a multifocal lens implant that gives you distance in your vision. But that's kind of a separate realm that falls more under like cataract surgery. Um, But we do, that's called a refractive lens exchange because once again, the cornea works with the lens in the eye. So we we can work on the cornea or we can work on the lens. Yeah. There are lens implants now that give you distance in your vision again. Yeah. Um, But you, you would have to be screened to make sure you're a good candidate for that. How old are you typically when you need cataract surgery? Like way old, right? Usually like um, 50s uh, to 60. Most people in the 60s, to be honest with you. But okay. I've done cataracts as young as 14, as old as 104. So oh, wow. um, there's okay. a wide range. But I would say the majority of people are around retirement age generally. Okay. So that is so another that's opportunity. That's an opportunity combine, yeah. to, to get out of the readers again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's going to be my plan. Um, okay. Anyone is a candidate, we already went over. Oh, you can go blind. Here's a myth that, which is silly, but 
People I mean, think that. Yeah, you've seen that. Some people have seen that scene in um, Final Destination where the yeah. girl gets stuck under the laser and it, it doesn't end well. But uh, it's, like I said, once again, it, it is so safe. Um, the risk of, of true blindness is is close to zero. Um, yeah. It is incredibly, incredibly I don't think safe. I've ever heard of anyone. No. I know a lot of people who've had this procedure it, over the years. It's and, all about proper screening. And, yeah. And our screening is so is so good now. It, it feels... It feels very um, – your surgeon's going to be very confident going into your procedure if he said you're a good candidate. He or she said you're a good candidate. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and the last one, it hurts. I can vouch. <laughs> it doesn't. It is a little of a weird sensation, you know, like mm-hmm. – it, but it's literally for 10 or 11 minutes. And, yeah. Um, so it, it definitely – doesn't uh, hurt. During the procedure, it doesn't hurt at all. Um, the uh, LASIK, uh, when we put the flat back down – um, and you go home, you feel like a little burny. Like it feels like you're burning a little bit. Um, but honestly, a few artificial tears in a nap is usually all it takes to get that to go yeah. away. Patients tell it really well. I remember vividly um, looking out. So I took the nap and my doc, you know, your doctors call and check on you. I took my nap and when I opened my eyes, now I have, I still have probably this clock, but I have the largest digital clock you can ever have, like, cause you can't see the numbers. And my husband had moved um, a small clock, in my view, to the baby's room. And when I opened my eyes, I could see the tiny time. I was like, oh, my. I started crying. It really was unbelievable. And I've That's never. wow moment. I love the wow moment. It's a wow <laughs> moment. And, you know, I just it's just been an incredible experience. And um, I highly recommend it for everybody. Um Okay, and my, I guess my last questions are, are any of these treatments ever covered by insurance or are there a creative ways to save for a procedure? Yeah, so currently, no, it's usually an out-of-pocket elective procedure. Yeah. Um, insurance Which companies. Which is crazy. Well, I know. Like, I don't know who decided that eyes and teeth aren't part of medicine. You I know. know. <laughs> and I think some of it is covered with glasses, but Correct. not, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just a cheaper option when it comes down to it for the insurance companies generally. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Um, one solution a lot of my patients have used is a care credit. Yeah. So that is a, a company that will finance elective medical procedures. And um, I have had some patients use that. But, you know, we... It is unfortunate that if you're born nearsighted or farsighted, you're basically you have to pay a tax on that. Right. By buying in a way, by buying corrective lenses your whole life, contacts, glasses. I mean mm-hmm. you could spend hundreds of dollars a year a year on contacts or glasses, especially when you're changing them. That adds up quite rapidly. Um, the majority of a LASIK is about, you know, twenty five hundred per eye or so. Yeah. That's ballpark. Um, and Paying it up front, you know, there's a lot of uh, studies out there showing that it does save money in the long run. Yeah, um, I would say. Paying hundreds a year already and taking the risk of infection and a slight detriment to the quality of life if you're not wanting to wear corrective lenses. Right. So, you know, in the end, it, it for me, it turned out to be a good investment. I think for most people it would when you really crunch the numbers. I think so, too. I mean, I think it sounds expensive the younger you are, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe the older you are, don't go on a vacation or, <laughs> or you know, use, it's just what you value, use your you know? company matching. You know, there's a lot of things you can do to save. Exactly. Like, my goal here is to improve quality of life. You know, if patients like their contacts and glasses, I let it be. You know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But if it's something that, you know, you, you want to look into and, and you're, you're nervous, I, I just want to try to alleviate those fears is that um, – 
folks who who get LASIK and are good candidates for LASIK do incredible. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your knowledge, um, folks, Smarties. CINTA offers comprehensive adult and pediatric eye and ENT care in nearly 20 locations in the Carolinas. If you'd like to make an appointment with Dr. Wiley or any of the doctors at CINTA, you can call 704-295-3000 or visit their website, CINTA.com slash appointments. That's C-E-E, well, two E's, N-T-A, dot com slash appointments. You can find us daily on charlottesmartypants.com, Facebook and Instagram at charlottesmartypants, and Twitter at charlottesmarty. Thanks so much for listening to our Smarty Podcast. You can always join in on the conversation at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio. Check them out at charlottesstarroom.com.